connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Real Nerds. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, <laughs> unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017, which is happening June 30th, July 2nd at the Colorado Convention Center and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is James. And this week, after a two week absence, Zach. Uh, Brad is on assignment, so he will uh, he will not be here today. That's old radio talk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been filming the last. Uh, Do I sound like I'm on old time radio? No. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come I on, didn't... work on it. Your director act better. <laughs> act better. I burned. I got burned, man. That's what my I mom always for that told me. Act James, better. act better. That's you're, not you're true. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> That's not true. She never said that. That's terrible. My goodness. Yeah, I was thinking of you today because my cousin Lisa posted something from when she was in church. And I and I feel bad. And when you think church, you go oh, James, yeah, James, James. He likes God. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, um, and wow. I know my cousin listens to this show, and I, I apologize if she gets offended about what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I but I laugh because uh, I don't know if it's something. La- I guess her little boy Aiden would, didn't want to go to church or something this, this morning. Is this Lisa? Yeah, Lisa. Okay, she's awesome. Um, and so he threw a fit, and so. They had like I'm, these... I'm glad Lisa and I are going to get to spend eternity in heaven together without you guys. Yeah, I know. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I'll burn in hell. Um, oh, I don't know. Something oh. like some questionnaire or something that her church handed out. Sure. And uh, he didn't drew on it. Religious it said, are So he had dad and mom, and they were both like, Kellen, don't touch the TV, please. They're both, uh, <laughs> they were both yelling at him in the picture, which is sad. But then it said dad, a.k.a. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I don't think he's paying attention in Sunday school. I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I think it's funny, but I don't know if I should have laughed at it, so I'm sorry, Lisa. I just thought it was kind of funny when I read it. Oh. And just, no, Lisa, I'm thinking about you, and I love you very much. I think you're a wonderful mother and a wonderful lady. Yeah. I... But he, he, he's 13, so you know I'm sure when I was 13, I said I hated my parents, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm surprised that he, like, he, he didn't just scream it at them, like, yeah. Dad, you're dead, you're Satan. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was funny because he put AKA Satan. Yeah. Like, it's a superhero or supervillain. Like, <laughs> you know. Like, he runs into a telephone booth and takes off his mask and his horn. Like, then you can see yeah. his horns. Well, I mean, if he yeah. did Dad, AKA Mephesto, I'd be like, that kid is the coolest kid I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for all those Marvel nerds out there, guys. Oh, mercy. Oh, that's funny. Every week on the Real Nerds podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We did. Yeah. Stay tuned to after the show where we will review the movie. We will tell you if you should see it or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to hear if you should see it or not, make sure you stop listening after the trailer. And then come back and listen and finish the podcast because that's when we dispense all our wisdom. Yeah. Except I got a critique from Joe today. Did you? Yeah, he said, at no point on the Girl on the Train review did we ever mention the baby. 
Well, okay. Spoilers uh, for the girl on the train. Um, which baby? The kid. Uh, the, uh, their kid. There's like right. So there's there's the there's the baby yeah, the and baby. the blonde girl when she gets beaten to death. Which which yeah. baby do we not We're, talk about? I'm, I'm, uh, the, I'm oh. the dead baby. Oh, we didn't talk about the baby that that drowns in the tub. Yeah, yeah that's because it's a terrible thing to talk about, and I don't like talking about it. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess he's like, you have to prepare people for that. I said, but you, but he just got done telling me that he wait, listens to the show after wait. he sees the movie. No. Okay. No, yeah, I will <laughs> fight you, Joe. Our job is not to prepare you for the devastating moments of films. <laughs> so, like, you're not supposed to listen to the full review and then go see a movie and be like, Hey, oh. he's just mentioning that we didn't mention a key plot point in our review, mm. which is fair. Show. I take he, criticism, I, James. Our Fuck. Review, our review isn't intended to just be a plot, a like beat for beat, you know, recap of what. Why we do movie. it all the time? We do, and, but <laughs> James, take, but take the criticism. It's okay. It's a sign of bad criticism, right? Like, I, I we we did that for Neon Demon because I didn't know how to talk about that movie. I still have to watch it. It's sitting on my shelf. Oh yeah. What he's but, saying is, is that you need to listen to the When Babies Die podcast in order to. <laughs> In order to get that information, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought Joe's point was valid because if we're going to review a movie and we don't bring up key plot points, then we didn't do an adequate job reviewing the movie. I've listened I, to I that episode. So. We did, we kind of just talked about how we either liked it or didn't like it. Which I think that's the job. Like if if that scene were detrimental to the film in one way or another, um, or were a particularly great moment, uh, because I do think we talked about like how rough. Well, we were talking about nudity early. You're going to see Haley Bennett naked. I mean, that's we, pretty good. I actually, you. I don't think you do, but anyway. See your butt. Go, sure. Okay. Great. Um, whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's you know it's a if a, it's a rough scene to talk about. Mommy got you one, buddy. We actually try. I mean, at least I do. I try not to spoil things unless we have to, right. like, unless it's integral to us reviewing whether or not the movie is successful. I don't remember the movie that well enough to remember if it was truly integral to the it. It is, but <laughs> that's how forbearable it was for me. Yeah. But that's just me. Right. It is just you, Zach. It is just me. We also talk about movies we've been watching, I'm movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, movie news, all that shiznit. <laughs> what are we, what what are we starting with? What is up you two doing, doing gangster boys? Like, this is all this shiznit, and he's in the car going, dog, yo, dog, dog this shit was actually, unreal. Uh, dog, I've been dope to, like that yeah, for years, man. For, uh... Uh, in James' defense, he does say "yo dog" a lot. I do say, <laughs> I, I, I do say, I say, I say. Yo I mean, dog. he says it like a white guy says it, right? But, yeah, I, because yeah. I know this is shocking to people who've never seen you, James. You're white. No, <laughs> uh, I don't like to be put into buckets. You know what? Nobody's a color in my eyes, and especially James because he's colorblind. <laughs> hey, dog, dog, stop! Try, dog, dog. <laughs> Your dog is trying to tear the whole. Oh well, yeah, because he's. A fat little uh, sausage, and he one, needs to eat all the time. He also only has one eye. He's disabled, and he can't see where he's going. Yeah, it's but not his fault. When he thinks he's getting food, he's like out of control. He's on um, Percocet. Uh, Percocet. Uh, what's the steroid I'm thinking of? I can't. Protozone. I just, I just said it, Laura. Shut your mouth. <laughs> wow, um, man. Well, she said it like I was a retard, <laughs> which isn't too far from the truth. Oh. Um, but, uh, so now he, and he thinks he's getting food. He's, you know, insatiable. Uh-huh. Anyway, what do and we know? Look, look at James just drinking piss. 
Uh, whoa! Hey, don't tell people that I'm drinking. I'm I'm in I'm indulging myself in a a nice chilled Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, otherwise known as piss. Uh, for any of you Titanfall two players <laughs> that out was there, the rejected tagline for Mountain Dew. <laughs> for, for, for any of you Titanfall two players out there, A seven six N T H six eight seven F. So good luck. Um, there you go. Have fun. <laughs> Jeez, people are just going to tear this cord out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Kellen, come here. Oh, no. Yeah, just walk through the cable again. It'll be great. You're, what are you doing, buddy? Now, yeah, now you're intentional. <laughs> yeah, I hear. Goofy. All right. I know, you're goofy. You're a bugger. Okay. Every week we see movies at the Alamo Draft House because it is the best place to see movies. Amen. They mm. like to show special screenings of several films. This week, they're showing these films. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mizwas. I'm Lone Star. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's theater company is presenting The Entertainer. Ooh. Um, awesome. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes is also playing. Mm-hmm. Cool. And Tough Guy Cinema is The Thing. Yes. That's a great movie. I it hear is. that's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It is. <laughs> because we did an episode where we counted on our top 10 and it was mine yep for more information go to realnerdspodcast.com yeah uh, <laughs> forward slash Halloween film explosion that's not the URL path I have no idea <laughs> go to your Google taskbar and type in real nerds podcast Halloween and it'll pop up you sound like you such an old you URL man. path that goes to porn no. <laughs> go to your Google taskbar anyway well, what do you call it it's a it's a it, never mind the Google machine it, Yes, yeah. <laughs> I pull up my Google machine. To the Google uh, anyways, um, yeah. Henry's in New York. Oh, yeah. And he sent us a new recording of Art House Asshole, which you can listen to right now. I love Art House movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, real nerds? Henry here giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week we watched Zero Motivation, which is an Israeli comedy. Now you would think that a foreign comedy wouldn't be funny, and you would typically be right. But this one's different. This one's wrong. It's uh, it's actually really funny. It's uh, it reminded me a lot of Orange is the New Black or Office Space. Uh, the only major issue with the film is that it's very, it's solely an Israeli experience. It's not something we experience in America. The the comedy, the basis of the comedy is on something that we don't experience in America. So it's hard to relate to it in that sense, but the jokes surrounding it are still funny with on their own. Like, they're still like, knock, knock, who's there, chuckle, funny jokes. So I think you'll still like it for that reason. Uh, as a reminder, because uh, they mentioned it last week, I want to point it out this week, uh, all of the reviews this month are on films that are already released. Uh, both this film and last week's film, High Rise, are on Netflix now. Uh, the only one that in, from this month that is not, like, as accessible is Neon Demon. That's because it just came out on DVD. But yeah, so if you want to see any of the films that we've talked about the last three weeks, either Zero Motivation, High Rise, or Neon Demon, you can see them all right now. I just want to point that out. So, uh, hope you guys like whatever you're seeing this week. Uh, I'm, I, oh, Fantastic Beast, yeah. So I hope you guys like that film, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. A movie I'll never see. <laughs> you know, he sent in his email, and it was AHA. I'm like, oh, it is AHA. 
the, the acronym. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should we should lay some aha underneath his his reviews from now on. Yeah, take just great. Me. Well, yeah. When Do I, they have any other songs? No, I was just know. gonna say when I said some aha, I meant to take on me. Okay, good. Because uh, I yeah. have no idea what their other songs are. No, I don't know. Did they ever do like a, a Bond theme? They could have done a great Bond theme. Probably. Hey, James. Yes, sir. What's coming out on Blu-ray next week? No, I don't know. Okay. Oh no, I do know. Sorry, I got it right here. DVD releases and Blu-rays. This is a really cool week. There's a lot of good stuff this week. I just want to point out we have 1,350 followers now. So, um, following us where on Twitter? So. Oh, okay. I thought you. Was I like when we hit like milestones of you know 50s. So thanks yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, we haven't said this in a really long time. If you do listen, or you've listened, or you're just listening to this one, go like onto the iTunes and give us a review because I don't know. It probably helps with math somewhere, like internet math. Yeah. Um, the Mechanic Resurrection is out this week, um, which is the new My Jason Statham movie, <laughs> right? Uh, did, you didn't know none of us actually saw this, right? No, I didn't see it because it was in theaters for like two weeks. Right, exactly. Uh, Revenge is a dangerous business, says Jason Statham as he hangs from a piece of glass in a, off a building or something. Yeah, remember in the trailer, he's like, "That's a pool," and he sets a bomb, and it makes a pool blow up on the top of the building. <laughs> I actually don't remember. I don't think I ever saw a trailer for this movie. But well, it's weird sure because it's it it changed like the tone because the first mechanic is actually like this gritty. Uh, it's like of, a it's like a walking tall kind of movie, yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. so this one is you know, like, eh, whatever. We'll just be crazy, right? Um, sp- speaking of tonally different, uh, War Dogs is out this week, which was one of Henry's favorites from this year. Um, that was a cool movie. If you didn't get a chance to check out War Dog, it's a uh, it's a pretty interesting film that I've thought a lot about um, with some really great performances in it. Um, similarly great is Kubo and the Two Strings, which is the Leica movie from this year that everybody should for sure check out, even if you're just watching it for the animation, because it's so pretty. Um, but they I, are I a super a, talented artist, for yeah, sure. Uh, I think it's a, a, a pretty touching story that, that people should see. Um, Hell or High Water is out this week, which was one of my favorite dramas from this year. Woo! Uh, that's definitely something that people should check out, uh, with, with Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine and Ben Foster. You should see it just because Ben Foster is great. Uh, and everybody, what, what movie has Ben Foster not good in? Oh, I know, right, dude. Even uh, oh shoot, um, uh, the the day becomes the night. What's the vampire movie where they're all in the snow? Uh, oh, Thirty days, days a night. Even Thirty days a night. I'm like, oh hell yeah, Ben Foster. No, that movie's that movie's great. <laughs> it is, but like I saw that movie just because the Ben Foster performance was so good in the trailer. Um, all right, uh, season two of Poldark, which is a masterpiece theater UK TV show that Brian's never gonna watch. Nope. Uh, Do where, they drink tea in it? Probably. Uh, I have no idea. It's. I believe that the plot of the show is that a man stands in the wind wearing a tricorn. And eating a biscuit. Uh, no, 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 no. He's just standing there in a nice coat with a tricorn, staring into the wind. Um, so I, hopefully that's a good show. Uh, I think it's based on a book. Yoga Hosers is out on Blu-ray this week. No! So I actually have that coming. Do you? Because I'm curious. Yeah, me too. I know I'm going to watch it because I don't think and I can because, do... Because, you know, I usually see those kind of movies with my wife. It's actually cheaper for me just to get the Blu-ray than it is for us to go out to like a specialty theater to watch it. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't know what theater you're gonna find it in. Um, yeah, I, I I I'm gonna have to watch it before the end of the year. Um, so maybe you can lend it to me so that you, you I may borrow it, James. Don't have to spend any money on it. Return of the Living Dead Three is getting a release from the v- 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 oh, v- that'll be coming for me. V- v- what's it called? Vestron. Vestron. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that's a pretty cool cover. It's yeah, got it's some actually, lady. It's actually a pretty cool movie. Yeah? Yeah. 
Uh, uh, if you want to, do I, I think I still have the, I think I have the DVD still. Um, if someone wants it, they can have it. I didn't even know that there was a Return of the Living Dead two. There is. Interesting. Not quite as good as the first one. Oh, no. She's or got the third one. She's got a kind of spikes coming out of her face. Yeah, I would. I guess the poster goes away. So, anyways, in that because they say that in remember Return of the Living Dead that they eat because of the pain uh-huh. of being dead. So that girl on there becomes a zombie instead of eating people. She sticks herself with things because it, the pain helps her. Like it like distracts her yeah, from, the pain. from yeah, eating yeah. people. So um, interesting. Okay, well. Uh, it says here she's to die for, so maybe pick that up. Uh, da, 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 da. Criterion is releasing One-Eyed Jacks, which stars Marlon Brando and is directed by Marlon Brando. Uh, so maybe pick that up. Chud 2, Bud the Chud, is getting a Valerian release this week as Vestron. well. Vesteron, whatever. Um, yeah, so if you got Chud last week, you can pick up Chud 2. Speaking of uh, sequel, oh, were you going to say something about Chud 2? No. Oh. Speaking of sequels, the sequel to E.T. comes out this week. Uh, I.T. starring Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> uh, your life is not secure, it says here. Um, so they're, maybe they're going to make sure that like, they're going to hack into your phone so that you can't call home. Uh, the to, or, Sorry, To Live and Die in L.A. is getting a Blu-ray release this week. That's part of Shout Selects. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah, it is. Sure enough. Um, cool. So if you're a big William Friedkin fan, you can check that out. Uh, and then the final and definitely the best thing from this week is PBS is releasing Super Hummingbirds. Uh, so if you want to see, you know, an hour and a half to two hours of hummingbirds. Super Hummingbirds, uh, you can check that out this week. Only nineteen ninety nine on Amazon. Don't miss this chance to see Super Hummingbirds. Um, yeah. Did I miss anything? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. It sounds like you said everything. <laughs> you pre-ordered so many things that I'm always afraid that there's something that you pre-ordered. You know that everybody's no. just pre-ordering Super Hummingbirds right now. Look I right. hope so. <laughs> I'm going to get a couple. I bet, I bet the what photography is stunning. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. What you don't know is that I'm actually a producer on Super Hummingbirds, so I, I get a cut for saying that. Leonard, Mal- <laughs> Leonard Malton says it's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That is This Week in Blu-rays. We are so clever. Not only is real nerds a play on the word real, it's R-E-E-L. So, you know, it's like a movie reel. Yeah. We also call this section Real News. It's Real News. Oh, I see what you did there. Unfortunately, there's really not very much news this week. Um, So, Justice League's going to have Green Lantern in it. Anybody excited? Look how many people care. Why are they... Why are they talking? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Let it be a surprise. Because <laughs> I got to get people excited. Because the DC movies, no one gets excited for. That's true. Yeah. Which I probably just made everybody but mad. But it's I was true. just gonna say, like, does does announcing that Green Lantern is gonna be in a movie make anybody excited that's not already excited? I don't know. I'm still up in the air on freaking still Justice a, League. There's still a fraction yeah. of people that are going to be like, Ryan Reynolds is coming back? I'm still waiting <laughs> I'm still waiting for DC to prove me wrong. Right. Much like when I see a trailer for Doctor Strange, I'm like, they're not pulling that off. Right. Exactly. And then I watch Doctor it's, Strange, I'm like, this movie's awesome. Yeah, it's it's exactly the opposite of that. It's, right? Like, exactly. You see a thing and you go like, there's no way this is going to work. And then it does work and you're amazed. In this case, it's like, oh, maybe this will work. And then it never does. 
And that's how great the Marvel brand is. Because you see a trailer like Ant-Man, you're like, ugh. I hate I, that trailer. That know. first trailer is bad. I don't know about this. And then you see it, you go, oh, this movie is pretty radical. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every time that DC comes up, we just shit all over it. And it's honestly just because they make bad movies. And I don't think that's our <laughs> fault. I don't so, think it's unfair. Again, you have to earn people's respect. Absolutely. And, I mean, I I don't think the Batman-Superman Ultimate Cut, I think it's a, makes it a better movie. But I don't... It doesn't make it a good movie. It, that's what I mean. I mean, is it what... The funny thing is I've seen it four times, but... Have you really? Yeah, because I saw it, you saw it with in the me. theater. Oh, oh, the movie as a whole. I thought you yeah, the extended the, cut. No, I saw the extended cut twice. <laughs> So I saw the movie in the theater, right. then I got it on Blu-ray, so I watched the ultimate cut, which I thought was better. Then I watched the theatrical cut to see if I, you yeah, know, just to make to sure you weren't, yeah. And then I saw it again when we reviewed it with Zach Howard. Yeah. So I've seen that movie four times this year. And you should really only ever watch it once with our commentary with Zach Howard. <laughs> um, the, speaking of WB making things look really cool, though, uh, we got a trailer for Skull Island, or sorry, it's now called Kong Skull Island. Uh, this week, I think this movie looks awesome. I know. Uh, In your opinion. I, I said, I think this movie looks awesome. <laughs> it also has one of my favorite lines from a, from a trailer this week, which is the, like, the guy flying the helicopter who then goes, is that a monkey? And then you just see the helicopter explode. <laughs> it's a great trailer. I think. I, I, I think it's an interesting take when... <laughs> King Kong is, I mean, absolutely enormous in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like ridiculously. He's I mean, more he's, like a Toho monster than he is a King well, Kong. Well, yeah, because they're setting up the universe. Yeah, for, for Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, and, yeah. Because I mean, Godzilla in the uh, the latest Godzilla movies, he's pretty big too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah so I, I don't know when you watch it. It's kind of like a Vietnam War movie that has yes. all these crazy monsters in it. Oh yeah. I I jokingly said like that the plot of that movie is that they they want to go to Cult Skull Island to steal a bunch of monsters to unleash them on the Vietnamese population. Yeah. Because that's what the movie looks like. Like it, it looks like you know, what's Apocalypse the song now. they even have playing? It, I don't remember, but it's one of those. It's one of those like very Apocalypse Now, yeah. full metal jacket. Is it you know. I'm pretty sure it's like a Bob Seeger song. <laughs> yeah. Or, or John or John Fogarty. I mean, it has to be yes. one of those two. Yes. The song at the beginning of the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was CCR. Yeah. Oh, it could Fogarty. be. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That'd okay. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Better because, you know, CCR did Some sue John Fogarty for sounding like John Fogarty. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a made up story, guys. That's a true story. Oh. Um, I'm, not, I did, I'm I, not disinterested in the movie. I just, I kind of miss my. I, I liked, I liked that remake of. Um, that Peter Jackson did so much. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. That I'm like, I don't really, I have no real vested interest in a Kong that's outside of the 30s. But it's just you, 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 you've got to think of it as a big monkey monster movie and not King Kong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you like, were talking about this in the car. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't go to this movie and expect the story of Beauty killing the Beast. Mm-hmm. Like that's not this yeah, one. Yeah. And, and too, and I, I'm one of those people. You can't. Movies are going to be remade. You got to just accept it. Yeah. Well, and this it, isn't even a remake, remake, right? Like, like, I, like I said, I'm not. I'm not like. Uh, oh, yeah. you. You're one of those guys, Zach. Don't you pretend are. like you're yeah. not. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this is one this where is the smile on his face every time he gets to me. <laughs> they 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 are telling a different, hopefully cool, fun story. Um, but it also has WB's name on it, so seeing an awesome trailer does well, not necessarily instill me with confidence. But it's produced by Legendary, and they're usually pretty good about it. And True. it's got John True. Goodman in it, so it, does. it should be fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, John C. Riley is hilarious yeah. in that trailer. <laughs> I think John Goodman still give, is given the best performance this year, so... 
Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no argument there. Um, yeah. I, Remember I, when he comes in the room with ice cream? Oh, oh shit. so good. Man, who wants some ice cream? Uh, all right, uh, this is not the, usually the kind of news I talk about, but I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, they're going to make the uh, Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy uh, is getting a Criterion box set release, uh, which is great because I think the first two are not even on Blu-ray yet. Um, That's so weird. Yeah, I know, and it's why like it's why I don't own any of them because uh, Before Midnight is the only one that you can get on on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why you've never watched them because I can't lend them to you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, for sure I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna have to pick this up because it's pretty great. Uh, and we were talking about earlier before we started the show that the uh, Barnes and Noble is doing a Criterion sale again. So up to the 28th, guys. Yeah. So check that. And my kid's hitting out. his head against our glass door for some reason. Well, you know, um, he's two, and his job is to make sure you don't want him to die. Uh, very last thing is that uh, FX is, is about a year ago. FX started making a. Uh, they they started saying they were gonna produce a Why the Last Man show, uh, which similarly to to Preacher, at least why why is just a thing that stays in development hell. It's like an uh, it's like an Uncharted movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's had some so, movement. Yeah, but it got a little movement this week when they uh, they went and got some of the writers who were working on the American Gods show uh, to come over and start working on that show as well. Um, so it's entirely possible that in 2017 we might see a Why the Last Man TV show, which I think is exactly where that thing needs to live. Because um, it, it's a show, it's a it's a, a story that you could do a like Westworld style treatment to, where you don't stick to the book, just Tell me a really cool story, you know? Yeah. Like, take that premise, take some of the core characters. I mean, really, it's what they did with Preacher, right? Um, as close as Preacher well, yeah, is. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, some stuff doesn't translate from page to screen at all. Yeah, and if you're going to make it a show, like, you got to, like, just take your time and tell me a cool story and don't don't be so beholden to the original material because you've got, you're going to go make, hopefully, six seasons of a show, Um and, you know, maybe by season six you're finishing it up and telling the end of the story, and maybe you're not. Because if you end up striking it big and making the next Walking Dead, you want to be able to be as open-ended as you can be. Um, I've never seen why, or never read Why the Last Man. I think it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're, it's one of the books that got me back, or got me into comics eight, nine years ago. How, oh, man, I'm old. Uh, nine, yeah, eight or nine years ago. Um and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's really fantastic. It, it's one of the reasons that I love Brian K. Vaughan. I think that book is really well written. Um, and Pierre Guerra's art is, uh, I think, really good. Hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. And he, he tells a really wonderful, interesting story. Uh, oh, sorry. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, it's, a, it's a, the story of a, a guy living in a world where some kind of disease has called, caused every man on Earth other than him to drop dead. Um, and so basically you're he's just sort of positing like hey if half the population died and there was nothing but women left what would the wor- world look like um and it's really fascinating it's a it's a cool story um that I, I think is pretty pretty interesting and and touching and and fascinating at times so yeah uh it's it would it would be a pretty cool show if they could pull it off um and makes a lot more sense for television than preacher did so the fact that preacher works then means like you should go make that show yeah mm. Anyway, uh, that's all the news I have. Uh, he's a liar. The Mortal Kombat got a director for the reboot of Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. produced by James Wan. Uh, so, who's the director? Oh, I forget his name. Uh, but he did... Uh, does it matter? It does. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being an ass. 
Because, uh, I mean, if you did your fucking job in this goddamn fucking podcast. <laughs> How come all the jobs are my job? Um, <laughs> and also, uh, AMC is talking about raising oh, the ticket prices for blockbusters. So yeah, I think they've been talking about that for years. I think AMC's whole goal is to make people not go to their theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with cuz I do when I go to an AMC theater I'm so just disgusted with like the ads beforehand yeah. and how terrible the experience is that I'm like why do I go here? That's uh, how I feel about Regal. Yeah, the truth is any if I'm not going I actually go to the um is it a cinema? What is the 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 um the South Glen Theater? I think it's a it might be a cinema. The South Glen is a regal. Is it? it? It is now. Oh, okay. I've been in a, in yeah. like a couple. Of months, I don't so. mind the one on Bulls because they have the recliner seats and stuff in it. But yeah, I, I dig it. I dig AMC for the most part. Like, yeah, I like the I like the twenty four plazas, like the big ones. Yeah, they've at least gotten rid of those terrible ads with the bouncing dots where they pretend to be mm-hmm. like bears and shit. Uh, because those were just the worst experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't. Yeah. I know why they're talking about doing it. I think it's a dumb idea. Um, it is. And because or, or they're spinning it the wrong way. What they should do is raise their ticket prices and then introduce a new plan where they give you a, a discount if the movie's been out for three weeks. Like, at least spin it, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they just... They have, they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because the way they put it out there is just like, oh, so you're just going to charge people more because I want to go see Spider-Man here? Right. Fuck you. I'll go see it at... Regal or go see it at Alamo where it's all the same price. Right. Where they might have risen price, uh, raised prices before summer, but whatever. Yeah. You know? Doesn't it also just encourage – well, so one of the things here is that if you are in a place where your main theater is an, is a, an AMC, it will encourage you to go to the movie later. And the later you go to the movie, the larger the cut the theater gets. Mm-hmm. So that is actually a pretty beneficial thing for them, right? Like yeah. Spinning it that way – especially in the markets that they dominate, is really kind of smart. Um, and that could be what they're thinking. To me, it just it, it screams of bad customer service, though. Yeah, right? that's like, what I mean. It, it seems Why like you're treating say customers that you're doing like it for garbage. Just specific movies? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, if anything, if you're not making enough money, raise the ticket prices and say, hey, guys, we're not making enough money. Like, I understand. It's, yeah, which it's I mean, hard for me to even understand, too, because if you run a movie theater properly, the Hollywood business, I mean, we do a podcast based on it. <laughs> but it's an eleven point eight billion dollar a year industry. Yeah, but the, so that means you're automatically getting foot traffic. But the difference, the difference is that today, so much pressure is put on those first couple of weeks. Right, there's so much yeah, money no, made for it. a movie in those first couple of weeks when the theater's making the least on the. Tickets. Yeah, but what they do is instead of charging people, gouging them at the ticket prices, they gouge them at the money at the gouge food. them at the concession stands because people are going to buy them anyways. Right. And, and it's it's what they've done forever, right? Exactly. Like, you know that they're making money on it. It's just, you know, I, I'm not saying like, yeah, if you tell me you're not making money, that I'm just going to take that at face value and give you more money. Yeah, I'm not saying that. It's still an economic. Because you're telling play, me that you're five cents of popcorn, you charge eight dollars for, you don't make a lot of money on bullshit. Right. Yeah. So that's why that's that's my problem when I read stuff like that because yeah. you're telling me that 11.8 billion dollar year industry, which you get automatic foot traffic. The theaters don't have to do any of the promotions. Right. The promoting yeah. is done by the movie studios that have people go to see the movies. Yeah, like you've never seen so, a commercial for AMC. So to get back to your point, your customer service has to be spot on. Right. And by you telling me that I'm going to raise money on the next Avengers movie because everyone's seeing it. Yeah. That's like, fuck you. Yes. So that's where I disagree. It's really – because what it really is saying is, oh, you want my product. I'm going to charge you more money for it. Exactly. Which is, 
is actually, you know, it's traditional business. It's just, it is. It's just the way that you're commu- controlling the message. That's is what I mean. You're pretty not, crummy. You're not doing it the right way. Yeah. Which the same thing with their cell phone policy that they had. You know, there for a little bit. Yes. It, well, they, they entertained at least. Exactly. It's just, yeah. doesn't, you, know, you just can't well, do it that way. You know, I guess I'll just stop going to an AMC theater like I always do. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I've not been to one in a year and a half. Exactly. So it's stupid. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> what are we doing next? Uh, I'm sorry. I was just watching my kid do little Einstein stuff. It's yeah. cute. He's adorable. Um, so, anyways, we also watch movies throughout the week. Sometimes. This is stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. James, what did you watch this week? <laughs> Not much. Um, oh, I thought it was going to be nothing. That's why I started with you. No, I know. It pretty much is nothing. Uh, keeping up with Westworld, and there was a, a really great, cool episode this week. I, I think that show is still really solid, and Anthony Hopkins just kills it. Um, only other real thing I did was I did go see... Um, uh, I saw Prairie Home Companion when they came into town. So not the movie, but the actual like radio show uh, was in Denver yesterday. Uh, and it was an unbelievably cool experience uh, to watch a live radio broadcast for, for two hours. Shut up, Zach! And remind people <laughs> that this is not Garrison Keillor's or Prairie Home Companion. Oh, uh, no, it's it's better because it's uh, hosted by Chris Thiele, who I'm a big fan of. Well, fuck and... you. <laughs> uh, no, Do you I... like spitting on other people's like legacies? No, I... Like I, the often? I really like Garrison Keillor. The show I saw was also really good. Um, so, I... Not much to say there. The music was amazing, but if, if Prairie Home Companion comes to your town, you should totally go check it out. Um, because it was a, a really this amazing has turned into Welcome to OTR Nerds podcast. Right. <laughs> um, James is like, the music has a banjo in it. Sold. Oh, to- <laughs> dude. Actually, no, it didn't. There was no banjo on stage. Um, but A mandolin? An, an ama- oh, well, yeah. Chris Thiele is the greatest mandolin player to ever live. So um, there was that. Yeah, he's he's only been... The mandolin it, is a, a really pretty instrument. He's only been invited to the Taylor at Bluegrass Festival every year since he was 11. Uh, so just say it. Uh, he's pretty dang good at it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I actually didn't really watch anything. I'm sorry. It was a long week. Great job. I know. I have I had one job to do, and that's burn time watching films. Yep. <laughs> Zach, what did you watch uh, this week? I watched this super cool bluegrass movie with Matthew McConaughey <laughs> um, wow. while drinking a Mountain Dew just to spite this son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think that's fair. <laughs> no, um... So uh, I've watched a couple of things because I haven't been here for two weeks. Yeah. Um, I saw Doctor Strange. <laughs> I love the fuck out of that movie. Right. Um, oh, I thought it was good. very well uh, well directed. Um, excellently acted with Benedict Cumberbatch and Mads Milkinson and uh, Chichwa Elifor. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams? What the Rachel fuck? Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she's uh, in it, all of two scenes, man. <laughs> um, you're, uh, the, the, that was the most clever way to kill a Marvel villain. Or to stop a Marvel villain yeah. I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so refreshing to get your to have your hero be smart, like to yeah. have them outsmart a villain. It's just cool. I mean, we, we I, don't I, need to say I what it is. I was impressed by it. I was just like, this is this is incredible. Like they're making this work. Um, the, all the all the mind stuff where they go into the mind uh, realm was just was mind blowing visually. Um, I wish that I could see it in IMAX, but I know it's not in IMAX anymore. So. Oh yeah, man. I. I meant to go, and yeah. then it just comes and goes so fast. Yeah. Um, I also saw Inferno. 
Oh. Um, the third in the Robert Langdon series. Um, You're a big fan of those, right? I am a big fan of those films because they're cheap. They have too much exposition. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tom Hanks is amazing. Um, in this one, um, so one of the reasons why I actually like the, the series in all seriousness is that I like the fact that they have to solve puzzles without the use of technology to a, to a large degree. But the moment um, Felicity Jones says, I use Google, was when I was just Aww. like, oh, these aren't fun anymore. <laughs> so um, it was, it was the, it's, it's by far, it's the weakest of the Robert Langdon movies. Um, but how is Ben Foster? He's okay. Oh, come on. Man. But he's, he's barely in the movie. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, don't you know they show him die in the trailer? <laughs> yeah. They show him well, die in the trailer and then they show flashbacks. He's good in it. It's just that you don't get enough of his character because you have to get back to Robert. You have to get back to this mystery. Man, Ronnie Howard needs to find his mojo again. Well, you know, he, he kind of does that where he like, he'll do a great movie and then he'll do like kind of a popcorn movie that's not amazing. And then it'll be like, hey, Apollo 13. I'm still in. I'm still hoping they'll do you know, the I, Lost Symbol or um, whatever the next one's going to be, um, because I do still like these Robert Langdon series things. Sure. Not necessarily a big fan of the books, but I love the way they've made the movies. I mean, I have uh, I have Rush sitting on my shelf that I still need to uh, watch. It's about a rivalry. That movie's so good. <laughs> it's about a rivalry. Um, That's a deep real nerds joke cut. Yeah, it is. <laughs> From like two years ago. I also saw Arrival. Nice. Ooh. Zach like Arrival. <laughs> Zach want more movie like Arrival. Oh, man. Zach want that now. Yeah. Um, Amy Adams is perfect in this movie. Absolutely perfect. Movie was devastating um, d- emotionally. Um, just like hit me to the core. And um, I also... <laughs> when they, the, moment, the moment I knew this movie was like, for me, was when um, they're talking about the kangaroo. <laughs> the kangaroo story. Oh, that's a good one. To yeah, me, that's great. And that and also the uh, when they were like, "What are you going to call the aliens?" Abbott and Costello. I'm like, "What? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> They're speaking to me?" Yeah. <laughs> Which leads into the last movie that I saw this week. Oh no, wait, I saw two more things. But this one. Um, so I went to the Denver Stars Film Festival um, with a filmmaker friend of mine named Luke Oberholzer, and we went to go see this movie with Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec. Cool. Called uh, Middleman. Um. I'm going to ask something I've never asked on the show before. Can we okay. play the trailer for Middleman? Sure. And I will get you guys going. Oh, away. fuck. Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Today, I've been given another chance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, back up. Back up. He's not in charge here. We are not playing that trailer. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, James, can you uh, play the trailer for a movie called Middleman? <laughs> All right. Let's have it. Everything. Hi, Lenny. Sorry about your loss. Look for me on television. Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Today, I've been given another chance, and I know exactly what I have to do. Out of the guard there, pilgrim. I am a stand-up comedian. You ain't no stand-up. Not yet, but I'm on my way to Las Vegas for the Monty Guy auditions. Was I a speeding officer? Hey, how about you open for me? Destiny's calling. It's time to get up there and shake your stuff. Welcome to the stage, Lenny Freeman. Get off the stage. You suck. You could be my manager, Hitch. Well, I gotta warn you, Lenny. 
I don't enter into contracts lightly. Now you look to me like someone who appreciates a good laugh. Now please, stop me if you heard this one before. I thought you were heading to Vegas or something. I can't go right now. Doesn't surprise me. Nobody ever leaves this place. You got two minutes. What seems to be troubling you? I have never been in trouble. And now I'm in the worst kind of trouble ever. No, you ain't, Lenny. Yes, Lenny. I am, Hitch. No, you ain't, Lenny. Okay. Now you are. I just wanted to go back to the way it was. Open the truck! There's only one way on our contract. This is insane! Come on, Lenny, do it. Do it! Look at me, I'm busting a gut. So, Middleman, um, I'm going to pull up the synopsis here because I want to really give this the respect it deserves because this is one of the best movies I've seen this year. I was going to say, so that means you liked it. Huh? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. Lenny Freeman is a straight-laced old-school accountant with a dream to become a famous stand-up comedian. The problem is Lenny is not very funny. Not even close. When his mother dies, leaving him nothing but debt and her 53 Oldsmobile, Lenny hits the road to chase his dream and head to Las Vegas to audition for Monty Guy's annual stand-up standoff. Along the way, and against his better judgment, Lenny picks up a mysterious traveler, and his quick trip his trip quickly turns from bad to worse And they sm- when they stop in this small desert town and start committing robberies and killing the witnesses. Okay. This movie, first of all... There's no movie in existence up till now that has ever played audio clips of Jack Benny in ah, the movie. Oh, okay, there we go. I, <laughs> well, talk about together. being biased. Um, outside of that, though, um, it was shot on a very low budget. We, the director and the star were there for a Q&A, and they described that they had a very limited budget to do this film. Mm-hmm. Um, they were only afforded like three takes at a time. Um, and one of the best shots in the movie that involves a guitar player who kind of sounds like John Waters if he was doing an Elvis Presley impression. Is it? Is it? Does it in one take? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, Jim O'Hare is great in this movie. I, 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 if you don't know him, you know him. If you know him from anything, it's Jerry from Parks and Rec. And as he even said in the Q and A, this is not Jerry. Um, it's a complete one eighty opposite turn. And it takes a kind of a fight club type of uh, twist in the middle of the film where you start wondering if this is all in the guy's head. Oh, okay. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's like in it his might, head or it not. It might be a Jacob's Ladder. It could be. But the bottom line is is that it doesn't matter if um, uh, this is a fight club scenario or a Jacob's Ladder scenario. What matters is is what is happening in each given moment that propels the film further and makes you want to keep watching. As opposed to just saying, let's get it over with, let's get it over with. And then what happens to this guy? Now you're wanting to witness it moment by moment. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of cinema. Um, the problem is is that um, it does not have distribution yet. So okay. you all have to wait. But there is a trailer online that you can check out. And you can check out where you can see it at festivals um, across the country. Because um, it de- debuted in Seattle. Um uh, made a splash at Edmonton where it bo- won both Best Drama and Best Comedy. Cool. 
and uh, played the Denver Stars Film Festival for only two showings, sadly. But uh, those two showings were fantastic. Uh, from, well, I went to one of them. I didn't go to both, sadly. Right. Well, I hear that the other one, they, they butchered the movie. It was terrible. <laughs> you can't let me win, can you? Nope. <laughs> uh, the last thing I did was I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy again. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those are really good. Um, I have more of appreciation for Two Towers this time around than I normally do. Really? I don't know why. I, I, I love the Two Towers. I always loved it, but sure. it always felt like the the hump we have to get over. Like, oh, we have really? to get over the hump the of Rohan. the best one. Yeah, really? That's, yeah, I, I would generally agree. I, I like um, the third one the most. That's my favorite. Oh, you're a crazy person. I, I'm not a crazy person. Oh, no. You just you just chose Temple of Doom. Like I do love Temple oh, of Doom more than I love the other two Indiana oh, Jones movies. Oh, you're so insane. Well, that's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, just, I mean, for me, in Indiana Jones, it goes Raiders, obviously. Because it's one of the greatest it, action films of all time. Absolutely. Then mine's Temple. Then it's Last Crusade, and so mine just goes in how they were made. Yeah, I mean, you're equally incorrect. No, you're not equally incorrect. <laughs> um, you're no, an the- equal opportunity incorrector. <laughs> yeah. The correct order is Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's one of the greatest films ever, uh, action films ever made. Then The Last Crusade because it's actually the best script out of the three, and then Temple of Doom because it's a whole lot of fun and people give it too much shit, but it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So. Um, but what's cool about... Hum num shivai. Hum num shivai. What's really cool about uh, about Two Towers is that you get um, you okay. get like a really big action sequence, but it doesn't feel too long the mm-hmm. way that like I feel like the the Return of the King one does. Yeah, and to be um, clear, I saw the theatrical cuts, not the extended cuts. Oh, because um, those yeah, are the yeah. only yeah. ones that I could afford on iTunes. At well, the no, yeah, I well, mean, it, that doesn't matter. I mean, if it, no. I mean, it depends on how much story you want, really. Yeah, because when they you know on the the extended cuts, like oh, there's more battle scenes. It's like 30 seconds. Yeah, and for the most part, there's more like little throwaway like, dialogue sequences that are interesting and fun, but you don't need to... Like, if you're just watching and, the movie to have fun, and you don't need to watch those I cuts. think the Hobbit extended cuts are better than the uh, Lord of the Rings one, just because mm-hmm. I think it gives the characters a little more. Um, yeah, I would agree. Cause, cause not the, that, I mean, I love the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that well, it adds to it better. Yeah, I, I feel like the extended cuts of Hobbit... Well, I'll say it differently. I think The Hobbit leans into more action-adventure than in yeah. the theatrical cuts, whereas the Lord of the Rings did a really good job of making sure the character stuff was came first, and then they would cut yeah, some of the action-adventure stuff when they needed to. I agree. Um, so when they would add stuff back, it's like, well, there's a subplot where... You know, Aragorn f- falls off a cliff, and then we have to go find him again. Well, that that is in the movie, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like they, there'd be like funny little action subplots that get cut out, um, where and they would keep a lot of the drama stuff. Whereas with the Hobbit, it felt like some of the stuff they put back in, you were like, oh, these are really good, like little character beats that I would have liked to have had, right? Um, um and uh, what what struck me about the Two Towers was just like how they introduced the world of men. Yes, with Rohan as a not a cipher, more of a like it's it's like the opening act before you get to the main attraction, which is Gondor. Yeah, it's, it's the prologue, right? Yeah, it's the prologue, and and, and it's a and it's a tragic story about a yes. father losing his son. Oh, all this stuff. It, it's beautiful, and I also I love Andy Serkis' performance as Gollum oh, so yeah. much. It's yeah. one of my favorite performances of all time. Oh yeah, the 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 whole section with with. Thorin, or, or with Theoden, is honestly one of my favorite parts of the whole tri- trilogy. <laughs> I did start to say Thor. Uh, Thor's in Lord of the Rings? Where did I not see this? But him, 
that that whole sequence where they come in and they draw the darkness out of him and like and Saruman gets you know thrown back. If I go, Theoden goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's such a powerful sequence that is so well done and well acted, and and they all feel like such badasses, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a character driven moment where you're also watching like Gimli just be fucking cool and wreck some fools, and you're like, this is great, you know. It also um, has my favorite. Lo- it does uh, for, even though I like Return of the King the most, it has my favorite line in Lord of the Rings history, which is Gimli, and he says, "Toss me." Yes. Come on, yeah. Jump. You have to toss me. Oh, gosh. Exactly. Don't, don't tell the elf. <laughs> That's so good. I, I love little moments, too, in that whole series. The, the scene where uh, Sean Bean is killed. I don't know if you guys know Sean Bean dies. In this Sean film. Bean dies? Yeah. Sean Bean dies? Um, the whole uh, the way the orcs set up, and I think that whole scene is really cool. The, it's, uh, more the of a, Yeah. The more uh, scaled down battles where it's a little more yes. personal, I think oh, is yes. really great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's part of why I think, re- like, to to me, actually, Fellowship of the Ring is the most solid script out of all three of them. Like that script is really tight and does a really great job of telling an arc. Um, you know, the the sequels have a lot of great fun stuff in oh, them, yeah. but like as a as a movie, that one is the most complete the way that it is. You know, whereas if they never made a sequel to it. Yes, it would be completely unfulfilling, but at the same time, it could stand on its own and be a great mm-hmm. movie, whereas the others actually kind of can't say that. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that last battle sequence is so good in mm-hmm. the first one. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that in the first one, it's a little more intimate. I mean, I mean yes. that sounds weird. No. Because, you know, it's it's more of a little band, and they're not being, you know, they're not being sieged in a castle. And Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to completely say that it's also because you, you have a lot less CGI in that fight. I think that's part of it, but it's also as they raise the stakes in bigger battles, you actually feel less of a personal connection yeah. to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not not necessarily its fault. All that stuff is also really good. Well, no, because it's think, part of what makes that first movie so adorable. But I think great. it needs the first one because you have to understand the power of the ring. Yeah, to appreciate the stakes in the other movies and the the story of Boromir in that first yeah. uh, in that first film is one of the most solid and and. Um, uh, like, it's one of the most solid character stories in the whole trilogy. You know, yeah. like watching that guy descend is so wonderful. Mm, I agree, uh, and heart wrenching. Um, man, Sean Bean's really good. He is. He's a great actor. Yeah, I wish he wouldn't die so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's movies. all I watched this week. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. I only watched a couple things. Yeah, I've been having fun. Uh, my little guy has been really liking Christmas movies. Oh. Um, so we, this week we watched uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, which I still cry every time Mickey puts the, the cane on Tiny Tim's uh, headstone. And it, they do this. One of the things I think Disney animators are really spectacular at is uh, the acting of the characters they animate. And there's yeah. this close-up where – so you see it from a distance where Scrooge is like – who, whose grave is that? And uh, Mickey puts the the crutch up there, and then it's from a distance, but then it cuts in on Mickey's face, and he gets this like one little tear that comes down his face. And I think it's some of the most beautifully animated Mickey that's ever been animated. That was a Who? staple in my house growing up. Well, yeah. Anything Christmas Carol related is a staple mm-hmm. with my family. That one in particular... I remember the opening song was Merry, Merry Christmas, yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas. So I've never seen it. No. Who plays Scrooge? Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Oh, of course. Yeah, duh. Okay. <laughs> if you want to borrow it, it's only like 20 minutes long. 
It's a uh, it's it's a cute movie. Yeah. It really is. And I still get like a tear. Another tear comes down when um, Scrooge gets to Mickey's house, and uh, he's you know going up to because Mickey's Bob Cratchit, so he's yeah. he's, he's saying. Um, you know, you've been taking so do you want a whole half day on Christmas? And he has this bag full of toys. And Tiny Tim is like, oh, there's toys in there. And he keeps on trying to, like, hide them from him. And he's yelling at Mickey. And uh, he ends up having, like, toys and a turkey dinner. And it's just really cute. It's, yeah. a, it's a cute little animated film. Cool. Really well done. Uh, we also watched A Peanuts uh, Christmas. Which, Always um, good. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> And Kellen, Sorry, I was an ass there. <laughs> and, uh, it's Charlie Brown's Christmas. And uh, Kellen loved that, too. He, I put it on. He just sat there and watched it. And it's so funny because that movie is 52 years old now. Yeah. And it still so rings true about consumerism and, you know, yeah, what man. does Christmas really mean to people? It means consumerism, man. Yeah. All the stuff we can buy. <laughs> Oh, where is he? No, but it means, you know, loving each other and appreciating the small things. Mm-hmm. Even my own dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's so uh, good. Well, the, my favorite moment is when Lucy is trying to wrangle everybody. So, like, you've got to have yeah. discipline. And you see Snoopy in the background mimicking his, her yeah. actions. You've yeah. got to have respect for your director. And you just see him waving his arms. Absolutely. And he ought to slug you. <laughs> it's, 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 those movies are all really cute. Um, yeah. The Peanuts movies are really well done. The Charlie Brown movies are really well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Because I think of them as a whole gang. I don't think of it. Even though Charlie Brown's my favorite. Yeah. Uh uh, so the why is they showing anyway? So they're showing like uh, feeding the homeless, and they just showed like the marquee of Shotgun Willies. For those of listeners, it, they're not from Denver. Shotgun Willies is a strip club in Denver, and there's well, a news. Are, are the homeless people hanging out? Well, at I, Shotgun mean, you know, I guess Shotgun Willies supplies it to the homeless. Good for they'll them. let them in. They're getting right. their Thanksgiving lap dance. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, for everybody. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the the movies I watched this uh, week. Is I saw the nineteen ninety Captain America, which I have never seen before. Really, and uh, that's the one where he's got the motorcycle and the shield is made of plastic. Um, No motorcycle, maybe. Okay, maybe it doesn't remember, but it has like this low budget charm to it. Where uh, so it it takes place. It it's basically the same beats as a first Avenger. No. But, I mean, obviously not nowhere near as well done. Well, uh, yeah, I know. But it starts in World War II. And, you know, they didn't have the technology that they have now where they can make, you know, Chris Evans like a pipsqueak and, you know, I can do this all day kind of thing. Oh, man. Um, they ha- so it's just this guy and he has a bum leg. Steve Rogers has a bum leg in it. So he's always, like, <laughs> hopping around. Like That's their excuse is, like, he's this big muscly dude, but he's like, well, but this leg doesn't work. <laughs> Pretty much. That's pretty great. Well, uh, well, oh, I love it. But the guy who plays him is um, J.D. Salinger's son. I forget his name, but he's no like a way. big producer now. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, I forget his name, but I mean, he does as well as he can. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, the movie's cheesy, but like there's this charm to it that because it's so cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like, does, does, Sorry, does he roll around in a wheelchair with like a polio blanket over his no, legs? James. That would be great. No, James. Oh. He does not. He just has a limp. All right. 
and he also smokes in it, which is weird. I'm like, Wait, what? Yeah, Captain America smokes Steve, before or after before the Steve Rogers totally is smoking. It. <laughs> okay. But they also have the scene where he gets he gets turned into the super soldier. Yeah, and he gets like shot a bunch of times. There's like blood and stuff. I'm like, whoa. Um, <laughs> but so because uh, it's basically the same thing. He goes to get the super su- uh, serum injected into him, and. He as when he comes to, there's like some Hitler guy there, and he's killing everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Nazis. So they actually use they actually use Nazis in this, which is kind of cool. Okay, cool. Um, so, anyways, they kill the scientist lady who you know developed a su- super soldier serum. Oh, it was developed by a woman. That's so yeah, progressive. It is. Um, and so she dies, and Steve Rogers like beats the guy up. I, he might even kill him. I can't remember, but he gets shot like five times. Okay, so because. Current Steve Rogers just is really good at deflecting bullets. Does, yeah. Do, 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 do the bullets bounce off of him? Like no, he gets like shot. Like hardcore. oh, okay. Like and you see like squibs and everything pop wow. off. Him. Yeah. And so he wakes up. So he's Sam Peckinpah's <laughs> right in America. <laughs> he's just he's just probably better able to survive. Well, I mean, Captain America has accelerated healing powers. So. Yes. Yes. So, anyways, he's lying in his hospital bed and he's in a coma. And there's two generals outside his room. And the one general is a true line from the movie. Uh, the nurse comes, or maybe it's the doctor. I forget who's talking to him. Sure. She said, I don't know if he's going to make it. He said, damn it, woman. That's the only man who can stop this missile from being launched. Wow. <laughs> and then they, wow. They, well, while he's saying that, his, like, Captain America's hands, like, makes a fist. <laughs> and then so the the generals are talking, and they have, like, a couple more lines. And then they cut back, and Captain America's daddy says, General, I'm ready for my mission. And or something like that, and then the next scene's him fighting the Red Skull. Does he does he get up and have a cast on, on one arm, and he just flexes the cast no, off? It's, it's not like The Rock. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so then he fights the Red Skull, cool. and the Red Skull in this one, he's like, he's like he looks like Jigsaw from uh, Oh Punisher, but his face is red. Okay, <laughs> um, and Captain America like chops his hand off with his shield. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Cool. And then he gets shot off in a missile. They find him. In modern times, so he's got to adjust to modern times, and he wow. gets and he gets picked up by this guy who's driving a Volkswagen. All right, and he's listening to a Sony like Walkman, and it says "Made in Germany, Made in Japan." And Captain America can't understand why he's using German and Japanese products. Uh, I mean, it's really cheesy, and it's not yeah. like a great movie, but it has charm to it. Was it? Was it like of? Was it, was it supposed to be tied in with, like, the, the Nick Fury movie or any of that Probably, stuff? Probably, because okay. it was 1990, so... Yeah, I mean, that's when they were making all that stuff, trying to trying to not go bankrupt. And I think you can get it... I think I got it at Target for four ninety five. Oh, wow, they had and it at Target. And it's a Shout movie, so... Oh, wow. So it has, a like, a 25... There's only one feature, but it has a 25-minute oh. interview with the director and the star. Okay. And the director's really cool. He says, yeah, I mean, the movie's not that great. I mean, but they, <laughs> ca- but they kept on cutting his budget. So he had to oh. find a way to shoot this film Yeah, when they're cutting his budget. And he said, yeah, they only let us shoot in L.A. for one day. And I had, like, 20 scenes to shoot in L.A. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's like a mad re- dash to make this film. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. And, and the highlight of my week, though, is I finally, after years and years and years since 2008, waiting for Punch Drunk Love to show up on Criterion, <sighs> um, finally came in the mail. And this is a movie I shouldn't like. It totally is. But I absolutely love this film. Yeah. Um, because it's just so weird. And Adam Sandler is so good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what it is, he plays this guy named Barry, and Barry sells novelty toilet plungers. 
And so for in Ve- he's selling them to Vegas with like dice on the top and yeah. um but he's a really eccentric guy and you really don't know if he's crazy or not. He's he definitely has some sort of um issue with it anger yeah. with him. But I mean the the opening of the film is him just like standing outside drinking coffee and this taxi pulls up and throws out this like accordion piano thing and he goes inside his workshop and it's like one tracking motion uh shot and then he comes back out running runs down the street picks up this piano carries it all the way back to his office and puts it in there because he wants to learn how to play it it's yeah um and then the rest of the film is him kind of falling in love with uh emily watson's character and uh, him dealing with his temper uh and it's just interesting because, you know, he has seven sisters and he keeps on getting crap from all of them. Yeah. And it's just an interesting character study. How do you feel about the other Paul W. Sanderson movies? Is there another one you like? I like oh, Thomas Anderson? But, uh, yeah. Did I, well, you said W.S. Anderson. Oh, did I say W.S.? Oh, what I, li- a I like uh, Magnolia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Magnolia. I guess maybe it has ever... actors in it I like. Yeah. Did you ever see Heart 8? Because uh-huh. I, like, I feel like you might like Heart 8. You might um, like Heart Eight, but, but the, don't, don't don't get angry if you don't like it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean uh, it is, but you know, like you you said that about how it's a movie that you shouldn't like. You know, I um, it's not, buddy. You're yeah, me. I just I, I I don't expect him to be a, a director that resonates with you very well. No, it's um, I mean, he, but he is a really talented director. Oh no, no, that's not the conversation. Yeah. it's like me and Scorsese, right? Where yeah. like I under I appreciate that he is really good. I'd love it for him to tell me a story that I care about. <laughs> you know, like that's but, really all we're talking about. The, I mean, Punch Drunk Love though. Adam Sandler is so good in this movie. Yeah, um, it's his second favorite, or no, it's his third best performance of all time. Yeah, I mean, he has that scene. I so his at the beginning of the movie when his sisters. Um, have like a party mm-hmm. and they keep on telling the story about hey remember when you uh kicked the sliding glass door he's like yeah i don't remember that <laughs> and you know he keeps on saying that then he goes out with his sister's friend and she said she re- relays that story to him <laughs> and he goes in the bathroom and just destroys it yeah and he comes out and uh the the manager of the restaurant says you need to leave and he's like please don't do this to me yeah it's just like really heartbreaking yeah um, and I love his resolution with Philip Seymour Hoffman because Philip Seymour Hoffman is great in it. Yeah. Uh, because what's great about the character is Philip Seymour Hoffman plays this sleazy mattress guy who also runs a phone sex. This movie's so weird. A phone sex it's super weird hotline that what they do is they get all their information from the people that call in and then they extort money out of them. Yeah. And if they don't give them the money over the phone, then he sends his family of blonde brothers to beat people up or right. take the money from them. Oh, man. So they do that to Adam Sandler's character, but when they uh, when they cross a line with him, when they hurt his girlfriend, and he calls Philip Seymour Hoffman, there's this great moment, because Philip Seymour Hoffman is such a great actor. Yeah, He's like always used to be in charge. Used to being in charge. And he's, yeah. there's this great moment where Adam Sandler is talking to him, and he's like, I just don't think it was very nice. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he says it so many times. And then there's like this beat where Adam Sandler doesn't say anything. And then he says something like uh, that he's going to do something to him. And it Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is so taken aback that someone's going to stand up to him. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, at the end of the movie is, I want you to say, that's that, Mattress Man. <laughs> <laughs> now get uh. out of here. You 
fucking pervert. <laughs> what did I tell you? That's that. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> the end of the, basically the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just Man, funny because he's, he's such a piece of shit guy. And he, yeah. when people stand up to him, he kind of, but I love the movie. I absolutely love the movie. And on yeah. Blu-ray, holy, sh- oh my gosh. Everything that they do, he does so many like colored lens flares. Yeah. And his composition in the frames. Um, he's one of those guys that like, they should just, I mean, as they pretty much do, they should just make all his movies into Criterions because they're always good just visually to look at, oh, yeah. right? Like, And it's definitely a short movie. I think it's like 90 minutes long. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Most of his movies are, you know. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Right. Um, but and, and usually half of it is one shot. There is a funny featurette on it where they're interviewing this guy who actually did the frequent flyer Miles promo. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So in it, it's like Adam Sandler's character figured out that he can get a bunch of frequent flyer Miles by using healthy choice and each pudding top counts as a barcode. So it's like a little scam he did. So this guy actually did it. And that was the whole yes. basis of the movie mm-hmm. is he heard the story and then he wrote a whole other story around it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's pretty funny. And, yeah. And that's it's what pretty cool. This week. So I fucking love that movie. Yeah. It's really great. So next I need Spanglish. That'd be great. I was, I, so that, that's what I was referring to was rain over me and Spanglish are his best performances. Those movies are amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's that, weird. Uh, like the longest yard, his longest yard isn't on Blu-ray and that movie made really? like $180 million. Oh, uh, I wonder what the, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Right. Um, yeah. But I love strange. that. I love that scene when in, in Spanglish when his wife tells him that, that she's been cheating on him and you just watch him like break. Mm-hmm. Like he is so good in that moment. He's, he's really good in dramas. <sighs> oh yeah. He's, he's great, man. Yep. So cool. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. James, should people see Fantastic Beasts? Um, so, okay. Anybody who's listened to the show for a while knows that I've been critical of Harry Potter movies for years. Um, and one of the things that I was critical of is that, you know, they were taking these books and, you know, just jamming fan service stuff into a, into a movie and that they weren't very, like, coherent. Um, and I always felt like, you know, Harry Potter fa- fans deserved better films of, their, of these books that they loved. Because I have my Lord of the Rings movies that I think are great. Um, so I was really excited for this movie. I thought the trailers were amazing. This is the most excited I've ever been for a Harry Potter movie. Um, the, the, the character and the, the stories about tolerance and not hiding who you are, all the stuff that, that was in the trailer, I was like, this is really cool. I'm so excited. Um, which is why I'm actually like genuinely disappointed by how super bored I was with this movie. Um, I, I feel like it doesn't actually deliver on a lot of the promise, and I end up walking away not really caring about these characters um, and genuinely being pretty uninterested in the story that they did tell me. Um, so I, I can't recommend it. I would certainly say if you're not a Harry Potter fan, I don't think you need to see this movie. Um, and if you are, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm really interested to hear like what you guys feel because I'm not one of those. Um, but yeah, so for, for me, I would say no, I would rather watch Independence Day reemergence again. So yeah, no. Zach? Um, I don't think I'd go as far as James went. As a Potter fan, I was definitely entertained. But as a movie fan, I was just kind of like, it's there. So I'd say go see it, just out of curiosity. It's Wizards in the 20s, so it, it appealed to some part of me. But um, uh, one thing I will say about the film is, is that there are too many predictable moments that I called two weeks ago that we'll have to get into afterwards. After the trailer, but 
I thought they kind of brought down the prospect of a good standalone film. So that's all I've got. I actually really enjoyed the film. Uh, I thought it was uh, dark. I thought the setting was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the premise was lots of fun. I, I'm a big fan of Eddie Redmayne. I think he's oh, awesome. He does great. I think he's great in this film. Um, because in it, uh, Newt it can't relate to people. And when he talks to people, he has these great tics that um, I don't think... I don't, I don't fancy myself as like a super intelligent moviegoer. But I think it sometimes might be lost on a, an average moviegoer. Where if you watch, he never really looks characters in the eyes when they, he first meets them. And he even says that he doesn't... Uh, I guess I should talk about this movie review. But anyways, so I think you should see it. I think the movie is a hell of a lot of fun. And it's also darker than I thought it would be. Um, and it, it does... It's, I, I mean, I love the Harry Potter series. The books and the movies. So it probably speaks to me a little more than James. Um, but yeah, I think you should see it. And here's the trailer for Fantastic Beasts. It was like, um, like a ghost. I saw its eyes, shining white eyes, and it dove down underground. There's strange things going on all over the city. Behind this, they're not like you and me. There's a hidden society, it goes back centuries. Yesterday, a wizard entered New York with a case a case full of magical creatures. And unfortunately, some have escaped. Teeny, he brought men home. That's Mr. Scamander. He's lost something I'm going to help him find. We're going to recapture my creatures before they get hurt. They're currently in alien terrain, surrounded by millions of the most vicious creatures on the planet. Humans. Magical beasts are terrorizing nomadges. When nomadges are afraid, they attack. Contain this, or it'll mean war. This on it. Why would I have to wear something like this? Because your skull is susceptible to breakage under immense force. Don't panic, but there's absolutely nothing to worry about. I want to be a wizard. Anyways, to finish my thought about Eddie Redmayne. So his character, he has a line in the film where he says, I don't have very many friends. I'm not good with people. And he does these little ticks where he won't look people in the eye. He, uh, he, seems really nervous around him he has a hard time relating to people he doesn't talk to him how we talk to each other 
But one of the great moments is why he's such an amazing actor. And so he kind of has this nerdy, like, I'm afraid to talk to people, standoffish, never really faces them, kind of always is to the side of people. But when he takes uh, Kowalski down to his, like, suitcase where he keeps all his creatures, he lights up immediately, he talks to the animals, uh, he has a whole different persona. And I think uh, it's a tribute to him as an actor to pull off that duality. Uh, and I think I think it's fantastic in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I 100% agree. I, I really liked... His performance, um, I just ended up walking away. Like I, I feel like he does an amazing job with very little. Is sort of my problem is because I, I, I don't know, forty minutes into the movie or an hour into the movie, I sort of realized that I I don't know what he wants or what. Like I, we have this hero that I just feel like is not actually interacting with the story that we're being told or really has any any. Um, any mission that I feel engrossed in, because when we do finally find out, like, oh, well, he's here to take a bird to Arizona, like, that's that to me is such a cop out kind of a story. Like, I, I want him to have more of a path, and I guess he does, which is this thing about like him being him sort of becoming friends with with uh, Don Don uh, or uh, Fogel Dan uh, Fogler yeah. Dan Fogler's character, um, but it just never rings very true to me. Um, it, it, well, it feels like a sort of cop out, and, and I thought about this after we saw it. His mission—it's—it's. It, I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's not his—it's not his guiding purpose socially, but it's it, his goal is to expose and write this book about fantastic beasts um, that are considered illegal in the United States, um, amongst other places in the world that people don't understand, and help create an understanding. Um, is that the best motivation? I don't know. I mean, I need to watch the movie again, and I'm going to see it again because I want to. I want to find out if I miss something. Well, so I would argue that it can be. I, I think that the what, why I was so excited for this movie, and why I think the movie has so much promise, is that the the story of a guy who's trying to protect these magical beasts that most people don't understand, especially in a world where magical people are hiding the fact that they're magical from the rest of the world and like and that there is sort of all of this division and intolerance like there's a great story there where he learns to relate the fact that you know just as he can see what makes these magical beasts special that that we also need to realize that these magical pe- that that people themselves are magical and that he yeah you know, you know, we need to also respect and, and tolerate and and understand that and i feel like it's it's all there but it is never, it is never handled terribly well and doesn't deliver. And you know, sure, I'm coming hot off the heels of a movie last week where it like takes amazing subjects and deals with them in the most uh, careful and beautiful ways. Um, but I, I think I went into this fe- feeling like, oh man, there's such a great story you could tell here, and I just never felt like I got it. Like I don't think he ever actively says anything about this issue that's going on um and i don't know maybe maybe he doesn't have to maybe it maybe it works for people and it just his mission for i'm sorry well i so you've got this world where you know the 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 story that we haven't talked about is that you've got in america um the the magical people are hiding the fact that they're magical from everybody else which is also true in england um but they uh, they're hiding that, and there's these sort of Salem witch trial type people who are who are uh, 
um, extremely intolerant of people with with magical powers, and they they introduce this idea that I think is really cool. Um, it's actually very uh, paranorman esque, right? Where this basically, if you if you hide the fact that you are magic and you don't use your magic for a really long time, a cancerous magical being will form inside of you and eventually kill you, right? Which is such a great, beautiful image that to me emotionally just never has the punch that it should. Like, nobody ever really... They, they end up spending so much time with, you know, the, the big spoiler at the end and, and a, a bunch of action scenes that I, I feel are poorly done. Um, I don't disagree I, with that. I think the action sequences in this film are very well shot. Uh, I think that uh, last two weeks ago I watched a movie where people go into a mirror universe and I could understand what I was looking at, whereas in this one... I think the editing in this movie is just terrible. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at half the time or why things are happening. Well, I would argue, too, that it's Newt's fight isn't that fight. He's kind of put into that fight. Sure. And so his original goal was literally to go there and release this animal into the wild. That's right. all he's doing. So he's kind of thrust into that, and you learn that he's actually dealt with this issue that you just talked about with the magic consuming people because they don't use it right before and um and he has to understand who he is as a person and grow as a wizard because he's so focused on the beasts that he sometimes forgets that there's a human element to it and i think he uh eventually realizes that through his friendship with jacob which he says i have a hard time you know meeting friends um I don't know. I think it's. I guess so. I, I, I think th- I thought the movie was really well done. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching it, and you know it's. Uh, yeah, I mean you can see where things are going. I, I always do love Colin Farrell as a bad guy. Oh, he's so good because he's he has like this, like he's a good looking guy, so he has like this like menacing charm to him. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to yes. trust him, but when he's bad, he's really good at being bad because right. I don't know how to describe it. Oh, he's 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 the shark from Jaws. Yeah. Like he's he's a human version of the shark. It's why he's so amazing in Fright Night. Um and he feels that way here to me at least. Like and it's funny because, the way he's manipulating that kid yeah, is great. And you're you're never told that he's a bad guy at the beginning, no. but you know. You know. Just look at that hair. And like his coat it is Yeah. But yeah, cuz I would even say the the scenes where he has with uh Credence, where he's just talking to him in an alley. They're great. I, I think is, I think Credence, because I think it's also has a weird, uh, not maybe not weird is not the right word, but uh, underlying tone of like homosexuality to it. Where oh, absolutely, where he's afraid to let go, and the way that Colin Farrell's character kind of like leans, Graves leans into him and kind of reassures him. So he's a predator. Yes, that I, I think is really like it's disturbing because. Yes. He, and Colin Farrell is such a great actor that he plays this and he just preys on this poor kid because he wants this power. He wants to harness this power. And he he's trying to figure out – he doesn't know that this kid has this power yet. He's trying to find out. He thought – he thinks it's his little sister. Yeah. Because Newt says that you don't live past the age of eight or something when you do this. Right, yeah. The, um, yeah. And obviously uh, Credence is probably in his late teens, early yeah, 20s. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think he could have he could be sixteen. Yeah, you know, you know, late. he's he's supposed to be in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it, just the way uh, Ezra Miller plays him. Yeah, I think's really good. He's really unsure of himself, but he kind of opens up when uh, Colin Farrell's around. And those scenes where I think they're shot really well too. Is you really never see Colin Farrell's face. 
Mm-hmm. He's just like leaning into him and he's like, you know, telling him, you know, you got to help me. And yeah. it's it, it's a, a villain like that is has so much weight to me because he is not just I'm going to take over the world. He is preying on people's insecurities and their <laughs> and he his his motivation of you know not liking the fact that they that they hide themselves from the world and like all of that is is really great villain making right because yeah it's, it's he's got a good motivation where he's like yeah. i'm tired of this i don't like what we're doing um and i think yeah I, I do i agree with you i think colin farrell's performance is great it's it's part of why i'm so frustrated by especially the end of the movie when i i i almost want to write off the idea of, of me ever liking a sequel to this because when they take this amazing villain and turn him into judge doom from the from the the the, the uh um the roger rabbit movies i'm like wait I didn't want that at all. Like, I think it's kind of a thing where my guess is with this series is every movie, maybe they'll change it to another big actor being the bad guy because you is think? that the, Yeah. Oh, I, I just assume that they're going to turn spoilers that huh. they're going to turn Johnny Depp into the Voldemort of this series. They might. And go make five films of him fighting Johnny Depp around the world. He's correct. That's what the plan is. With, according to with, recent uh, with yo-yo articles. monsters, mm. you know? Um, yeah. Well, it's also going to be about, Albus Dumbledore's fight with Grindelwald, which is essential in Harry Potter. Oh, lore. yeah. Well, it's going to move into Voldemort and um, Dumbledore. So I guess I guess I wish someone had warned me of that beforehand so that I didn't get my hopes up that this wouldn't be taught. I was hoping this was the rogue one of Harry Potter, right? Like, I really wanted because I think the well, universe is really fun and cool. Well, I already and the, knew they, they already planned a trilogy for it. And I think now they've. Now it's five movies or something. Yeah, but so it's now it's I, think a, it's, I think it's five saga. sequels. It's five sequels, so it's a saga. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, and yeah, stories to tell there. I, I will. I will repeat what I said after the movie, which is I. I think that they should have gone and got. I, they have a lot of money. They should have gotten somebody like a who has a lot of experience writing screen screenplays to rewrite this film after she wrote it because I think it's a poorly structured script. Um, but that is my opinion, um, which is wrong. <laughs> you jerk. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, and it's not, it's nothing against JK Rowling. She's not a screenwriter. She's written a whole bunch of really great books that people love. That's not the same talent. And I, I I'm sure that there are ghostwriters on this, you know, somewhere, but the fact that their name isn't on it makes me feel like they didn't, they didn't have enough control to really direct how this, the, 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 the script should go. Yeah, I again. I, I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it, and I, I, I think it was pretty dark. Uh, you know, the darker than I thought it would be when he's preying on people. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, but I would much rather see Colin Farrell stay as that character oh, yeah. than Johnny Depp. But yeah, whatever. Um, I guess I'm stuck with him. Yeah, I called that two weeks ago that he was going to be in the movie. Yeah, I was just like, because there was an article that said, "Give Johnny Depp a chance." Uh, J.K. Rowling pleading to Harry Potter fans. I'm like, oh, because he's already in the movie. Yeah, right. and it, you you can't change what you've already done. I mean, and that's fine. You know, oh, yeah. because uh, he, I mean, maybe he'll do something great with it. But I, I mean, but to me, the 30 the, seconds that we see him, yeah, I was well, just like, oh is, no. Here's the difference. I think Johnny Depp is he is a good actor. Yes, but he he tends to play characters, caricatures, caricatures. More so than Colin Farrell. Well, Colin Farrell yes. reads that script and he plays 
the shark. He's a plays oh, a predator. Yeah, he plays it more sincerely. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll see. I mean, maybe Johnny Depp will surprise me. Yeah, maybe they'll tone it down. But, we'll see. Maybe he's but channeling just, a little Ray Fiennes from Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. Because Ray Fiennes and Voldemort is a little wackadoodle. Better, yeah. better actor. No, wackadoodle. No, okay. I mean, I mean actor. the words and I better, say. And a better actor. <laughs> and I think that's part of uh, the problem with Johnny Depp now. I know it's a different thing, but yeah, he now it's about his brand and its yes. quirky characters, opposed to just being the actor that he can be in mm. Ed Wood. Oh. Um, you know, or Donnie Brasco, Donnie Brasco, because now even when you see something like the Rum Diary, he still has to have like quirky things. That's and it's, terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> but it's you know what I mean. You just can't. He just can't be an actor anymore. Yeah, which is sad because I think he is a good actor. Yeah. But now it's it's like what I say about Tim Burton. It's a brand. It's no yeah. longer Johnny Depp. It's like what silly character can I be? Even his Matt Hatter's obnoxious. Yeah, and it's yeah. But we'll see. I'll, I'll always give him benefit of the doubt because I think he it's in him somewhere. Yeah. But, Jack Sparrow's uh, still good. Yeah, I, I, I like Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Gila Point for life. <laughs> yeah, nope. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> I've never seen a movie with Gila Point in it I liked. I've <laughs> only seen one. Snap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, next week, I don't know what we're seeing. I can't wait for Yoga Hosers to be his favorite movie of the I, year. I, I want to see, see Allies. Yeah. Um, but I Moana do. also comes out. Oh, that's right. So well, I might see both. It is. It's a holiday if week. I'm we might be to. able to. You know, we might be able to. Swing I recall it. last year you guys did a Disney movie and a well adult. Last movie. year I. Oh no, that was Utopia. <laughs> I sprung it on him. No, no, oh, no. No, <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was uh, Creed and the Good Dinosaur. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah, we did do that. Yeah. yeah we'll, I mean, we we'll, can, we'll see what we can pull can, off. I'll see if I can pull it off. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, sure I'd be able to, but because I do, I want to see Allies because I, I, I will see a Robert Zemeckis movie as long as it's not animated. You know what's. When you watch that trailer, I get really excited. I do too. Because I see Zemeckis in it. Yeah. The only shot I don't like is the like the composite shot where they're in the desert. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. But, it, but it's probably an early CG cut. Like, yeah, I know. And that's, I know. But, but there's this the scene where he goes and he says, we want you to kill your wife. Yeah. Right? And then he walks out of there and it's like that boom, 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 boom. Oh, it's great. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking thriller. It's so good. Uh, and they're killing Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Any uh. movie that kills Nazis, I'm down with. Right. And you know how great... Brad Pitt is at killing Nazis. He's I mean, super good at it. Oh, no, I'll probably get a good butt chew, and that's about it. Maybe I should watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while. Yeah, me too. No, it's more like chewed out. I've been chewed out before. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I've been chewed out before. Oh, it's so good. Yep. Man. Cool. Sweet. All right. So, until next week. We'll see something. Yep. Bye. 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 Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrell for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.